Welcome to the Global Franchise Podcast, where we unpack the essential trends that all franchisors and franchisees need to know. I'm Kieran McLoon, editor for Global Franchise Magazine. Everybody can tell you, you know, how many of their products they sold yesterday. But if you take a step back and look at beyond just that transactional data, um, there's a massive amount of, of behavioral data um, that you're either already capturing or maybe you're not capturing, but you could be capturing that would tell you a lot about your customers, their preferences, their behavioral patterns um, that you can then turn into you know, points of action. Data is an essential part of a brand's growth, which we've covered extensively on this podcast and throughout previous issues of Global Franchise Magazine. With it becoming increasingly challenging to harness third-party data, however, franchises need to start looking inward. For example, more than 75% of iOS users around the world have rejected app tracking since the release of Apple's iOS 14.5. First-party data has historically been viewed as an expensive area to tread into, which has caused some smaller organizations to forego this invaluable source of customer activity. With companies like Lighthouse PE now working alongside franchises big and small, however, the possibilities are beginning to broaden. But what is first-party data, and how can it be used for brand growth? To answer these questions and many more, we caught up with Lighthouse PE CEO, Andrew Steele. We're talking about first-party um, consumer customer data today, um, but that's obviously, you know, data is, is constantly evolving and its usefulness and the kind of ways in which brands can use data is constantly changing and shifting. Um, how would you say, Andrew, that the significance of customer data for franchise brands in particular has evolved over the past, let's say, five to ten years? You know, as, as from from my perspective, the biggest evolution in how businesses look at consuming, uh, well, first capturing and then consuming data is, you know, a a shift towards uh, looking at using that data. I I sort of talk about it in in sort of an outward looking way versus an inward looking way. Right. What I mean by that is it's it's been a very long time since, you know, there have been uh, technologies to use data to optimize supply chain and operational uh, objectives. Um, over the past five, 10 years, we've really seen a big explosion in solutions that, that use data um, outwardly for things like marketing, advertising, and now more recently in, in the first party data context for things like um, customer engagement and personalization. Right. Okay. And um, it's said that brands are sitting on this, um, you know, gold mine of valuable consumer data. But for people who maybe aren't, you know, we kind of take for granted that a lot of people know what we mean when we say valuable data. But for certain people, they may not, you know, have entered this world previously. Um, what kind of information would you say that franchises may have to hand that they may not even know how useful it is for that kind of outward, um, you know, data utilization? I, I think that there's there's a tremendous amount of of what I'll call sort of latent or passive data to a great extent goes unused today that brands and franchises could be using incredibly effectively, um, you know, to to grow revenue, to grow engagement, to strengthen brand loyalty. Uh, You know, again, there's everybody can tell you, you know, how many of their products they sold yesterday. But if you take a step back and look at beyond just that transactional data, 
um, there's a massive amount of, of behavioral data um, that you're either already capturing or maybe you're not capturing, but you could be capturing that would tell you a lot about your customers, their preferences, their behavioral patterns um, that you can then turn into, you know, points of action, whether it's, um, you know, a, a marketing effort, whether it's a, you know, a push notification to a single customer, whether it's, you know, whatever the, the manifestation of that is, but really, um, you know, going beyond just the transactional data, I think is the next big evolution, the next big leap. And, you know, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of brands, you know, the, the big national global brands in particular that, you know, have, have already uh, begun to, you know, implement programs like that. And uh, and for marketers or franchisors who have maybe been in the game for a little while, you know, they hear first party data and immediately start thinking maybe of dollar signs because first party data for franchisors has historically been viewed as quite a, an expensive area to wade into. Um, but for you guys at Lighthouse PE, it seems that, you know, your, your system is kind of built around exactly this sort of process, but at a, an any budget kind of approach. Um, how can an emerging brand without the vast resources of a, an established competitor still make this kind of first party data work for them and work for their marketing efforts? Sure. Well, I think maybe there's some unnecessary mystery or, or misunderstanding about exactly what first party data is. Every business collects first party data already. Um, you know, the the transactional data out of your point of sale system or, you know, your your email list or your your SMS list. All of that is your first party data. All that means is it's data that you're collecting directly from your customers or your audience rather than buying or trading from, you know, from an external source. Um, so I think, you know, that's that's the first step is making sure that there isn't this this mystery or, you know, misunderstanding about what what first party data is. Beyond that, um, you know, one of the things that the the pandemic has done to to really uh, accelerate, uh, I think, brands ability to have access to more valuable first party data is really driven a, a massive pivot in consumer behavior and consumer preference towards interacting with brands on mobile devices and especially through mobile apps. Um, when you have uh, access to data um, uh, from a mobile app, then you have uh, a whole nother world of, of data and behavioral data in particular um, that, um, you know, that, that you have access to and that you can use with a solution like Lighthouse PE. And it's not expensive anymore to have an app. Uh, and there are a lot of, uh, you know, solutions out there where you don't even have to build an app. You just go, you know, buy or license an app and you, you know, put your brand and your imagery and content on there. And, you know, within a couple hours, you can have an app in the app store for, you know, for your business. So I think the, you know, the, the hurdle for, um, you know, a business to move, move in that direction, have a mobile app is, is uh, significantly lower. And I think, you know, maybe not fair to say achievable by any business, but, um, you know, certainly by most um, uh, small businesses and, you know, mid-market businesses, that's, that's not a barrier anymore, really. 
Yeah, no, that trend towards um, businesses having their own kind of mobile application is, as you say, something we're seeing a lot more of. And I think especially kind of post-pandemic, another trend we're seeing a lot more of is this shift towards the kind of more human side, maybe more interpersonal side of brands, um, which some people may see as, you know, kind of coming up against data. Data is very almost, you know, quite hard and concrete, whereas building those relationships is a bit more intangible. But do you think that um, franchises can prioritize those two areas in tandem maybe do you think that utilizing this kind of first party data to build those human connections is something that is possible and um, should be used by brands moving forward yeah i i I think not only can they they have to um you know i i i don't think it's a it's a nice to have anymore and you know the the market and consumer behavior was already moving in that direction in you know 2019 but but again the you know what the pandemic I think did for that trend was really cram probably 10 years worth of consumer behavior evolution into the span of, of two years. And so that, that kind of parallel focus on the, the interpersonal connections, the personalization, um, like I said, it's, it's a, it's a must, uh, anymore. It's, it's not a nice to have. And, and I think what, what's also important to remember about that is that, you know, that, human face-to-face connection can only happen when someone is in a store, right? Which is, uh, you know, a tiny fraction of their time, uh, you know, on, on any given day. So, you know, to the extent that brands are able to use data to extend that personalization through something like a mobile device or a mobile app, when their customer isn't standing in front of them, you know that's a really powerful, uh, a really powerful way to extend that, you know, or create more touch points uh, to extend and to to deepen the relationship with with your customer. Um, and I think you know there's no question that when you look at millennials, Gen Z, um, you know those younger generations, that's the expectation is that, you know, if you're a brand, then you know how to um, engage with me and speak with me and, um, you know, give me things, whether that's content, offer, promotions, suggestions, where I am and in the moment that, you know, that I'm likely to be most interested in, in that. Yeah, no, that makes, you know, that's certainly something we're seeing is breaking down of those those walls. And as you say, kind of it's it's not one or the other anymore. It's, you know, brands have to think more holistically about this kind of thing. Um, I was curious, Andrew, um, we've kind of touched on the franchising side of things and how Lighthouse kind of connects with the franchising world. But what's your personal experience with the franchising world? And um, I think, you know, we've kind of touched on this upon already, but what, why do you think that a tool like Lighthouse PE is perfect for franchised business is in particular? So, um, you know, my background, I, I come out of the B2B software SaaS um, and mobile technology space. So I've had, um, you know, interactions within the franchise world in, in different ways prior to Lighthouse PE. Um, I had co-founded a, um, a mobile medical communications platform where we were dealing with um, franchises in, you know, in the healthcare world, whether that's urgent care or, you know, primary care healthcare services. Um, with Lighthouse PE, um, we work with um, franchise organizations in, uh, in the hospitality industry, in what we call retail personal services, so spas and salons, businesses like that. And we've recently started to work in the fast casual restaurant 
uh, sector as well. And I think part part of the answer to uh, or the answer to to the last part of your question is that you know Lighthouse PE is is a really uh, powerful tool for franchise businesses for a couple of reasons. Number one, because it's you know we've we very purposely designed it as a um, you know a mobile engagement, what we call proximity engagement solution for businesses of any size. Um, as we look at it, we're, you know, we're generally selling to owner operators, you know, not, uh, you know, marketing departments or IT departments. And I think that's a, that's a really critical distinction from a product design perspective, because um, if you look at, you know, what we would consider enterprise level marketing platforms, they're very specifically designed for marketing organizations where that's, you know, someone's focus all day long, five days a week, or however many days a week. Whereas if you're building something for owner operators, then, you know, the marketing aspect of their business may be something they spend an hour or two on a week. And the whole rest of the time, they're dealing with operating the rest of their business. So, you know, we've built um, Lighthouse PE around a core of automation um, and machine learning so that it really becomes a, you know, sort of a fire and forget uh, type of solution for for our customers and for you know the markets uh, that we're going after. The other thing we've we've been very intentional about is understanding sort of the the different ways that different franchise brands like to uh, manage hierarchical permissions and authority levels and things like that. So that's that's getting a little deep into the weeds, but I think it's to 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 your question, you know, we've we've considered that in how we've built um, built the the platform so that it can be very easily adopted into really any kind of a franchise type of organization. And uh, my final question for you, Andrew, is about evolution, which is something we've kind of touched on uh, with regards to the evolution of data up until now. But moving forward for the rest of this year and onwards, um, do you see any kind of trends or changes in the ways that um, first party data works evolving, like the ways in which brands perhaps maybe use first party data? And how is Lighthouse PE built in uh, perhaps an agile way to adapt to these changes for its clients? I, I think that there's no question that the, you know, from a marketing perspective, the focus is is shifting very directly towards first-party data solutions. And I, I don't, third-party data is not going away. Ad networks aren't going away. Um, and, you know, there, there will be new and innovative uh, ways that, um, you know, companies develop to, be able to do some of what has really fueled the last couple of decades of digital marketing in a world where you're dealing with, you know, legislated privacy restrictions and sort of de facto privacy restrictions um, by platforms like uh, iOS and Android. I, I think that sort of the the biggest thing that we're going to see just from a, you know, from a marketing evolution perspective is going to be the expansion of that first party data strategy from just the, you know, the huge global brands uh, down through the rest of, um, you know, rest of the, the market segments, regardless of which vertical you're talking about. And I think it, it will follow the, the same sort of progression that you saw with things like email marketing. Where you know it started at the top of the pyramid, and then um, you know products like Mailchimp came along, and now really you know business of any size could 
launch marketing campaigns. Same with SMS. Um, and so I think now if you, if you think about that sort of framework and you look at it in the context of what we were talking about earlier relative to consumer behavior pivot towards mobile, that's going to be the, you know, the, the next progression to happen. And, you know, again, in the context of, of first-party data, the biggest thing that you get from a mobile device that you, you really don't get anywhere else is, is location. And so being able to incorporate location in a way, of course, that, that stays within the privacy guardrails and is, of course, opt-in, you know, is an incredibly valuable data set because, you know, I think when you look at someone's digital behavior, people will click around and surf and look at things on, on the web. And, and I think there's, there's certainly things you can learn about people's preferences um, from that behavior. But if you know where people spend their time, um, where they, you know, they, they go to the effort to, you know, get in their car, get on their bike and, and physically go somewhere else. I think that's, that's an incredibly valuable, um, uh, proxy for, um, not just behavior, but, you know, preferences and that going back to that sort of moment and place in time that someone's going to be, you know, most likely to, make a purchase or visit somewhere or, you know, think things along those lines. So I think, you know, that's, that's, that's something that, you know, until sort of present day more recently has again, just been the purview of, of really big businesses. And now, um, you know, solutions like Lighthouse PE are coming to the market, um, you know, like MailChimp did for, for email marketing to, to really open that up for, for everybody else. Yeah, no, it certainly sounds like, you know, even though first party uh, data is so significant now, it's only set to become increasingly so. Um, well, thank you very much, Andrew, again, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you about um, this really interesting and probably very crucial topic for franchisors moving forward and uh, looking forward to seeing what's next from you guys as the year carries on. Thanks very much, Kieran. Great to talk with you. The impression I took away from our conversation with Andrew is that first-party data is only going to become more valuable to franchisors. As Andrew said, this isn't a nice perk or a choice anymore. Brands need to begin utilising this kind of data if they have any hope of keeping up with their competitors. It was interesting to hear Andrew's thoughts about the significance of location data too. Brands have been able to track consumer spending habits for a while now, but once they start harnessing data from our smartphones, they can build a 360-degree picture of what their audience does and when they do it. We'd be keen to hear your thoughts on this. How has your organisation harnessed consumer data, and do you think that you could be doing more? Make sure to let us know. If you like the podcast, subscribe and recommend it to your friends and colleagues. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. To keep up to date with franchise news and have it put into context by the global franchise experts, subscribe to the magazine, hit us up at globalfranchisemagazine.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn today.